Vigo's having to operate even more attackingly now. He really hits that one. Oh, that is just sensational from Luis Vigo. Okay, let's go. All right, so episode 23, Box to Box. Um, we have a potential, well, we'll have a late joiner, the, well, in 10 minutes, the uh, flag bearer for the United Army, Maz Islam, who will be joining later. But at the moment, I have Carlisle, CJ, hurt by football, senor. And. Uh, well, well, this, isn't, this isn't Russian. Hurt by football doesn't work for me. Well, that's senor. you. I'll need to translate it as senor hurt by football, just, just <laughs> to make it more exotic. Uh, but yeah, just um, wanted to welcome you to the pod after a, a bit of a break. I mean, we've had our health issues and hopefully everything is back in, back on track and we're recovering well, which is the main thing. Yeah, we're still, we're still standing, still out. <laughs> that's why your name is senor from now on. <laughs> senor hurt by football. Uh, cool, man. Let's just, uh, I mean, in terms of agenda, I just had a few items to talk about at the beginning of um, the, the start of the show. We had a lovely, crazy outburst from the one and only Spurs manager. And he has basically thrown everyone under the bus. So, I mean, it's the most relevant point where we can start from uh, from the start, I mean, start of the show. Yeah, just wanted to see what what your general thoughts were in gen- from from what you heard from the from the press conference, what he said, because there was a lot to digest and what he was trying to get across. So, I guess the question to you is, why hasn't he been sacked yet? I guess. Um, I think why he hasn't been sacked is twofold. Mm. One, it gives the club more power negotiating wise in terms of you know we don't need you as much as we need you, or at least it gives the appearance of that. And also because it's Spurs. Because I don't I don't think that would have worked at any other club for a manager to have an outburst like that, specifically dig out the club, their lack of ability to work as a team, why they don't win anything, and still be there. Cannot think of another club. I mean, think about Scott Parker at the beginning of the season. He went, we need players, and he got sacked. <laughs> Yeah, and then they ended up buying players when he left, which is classic. Exactly, but he said he said that, and he got sacked. So, yeah, I think he Conte made fair points, but also it's Conte being Conte, which is everything's fine when you give him all the money in the world. When things stop going to plan, he then throws his toys out the pram and blames literally everyone as if he had nothing to do with it. As the manager, he's responsible for the culture of the club. Obviously, this isn't to make it about Arteta or because I'm an Arsenal fan, but the environment around the club when Arteta first came after Wenger and Unai Emery to then how it is now, he was responsible for that. Whether that was putting signs above like changing rooms or training grounds or when you enter the Arsenal to be like, we're here to win or like be proud of the heritage of the club and stuff like that. Like that's on the manager to do. It's not going to be on anyone else. So... It's, it's a weird one where, you know, he spent money on players that he wanted to get. They're all old players, by the way. 
the majority of them, apart from Spence, who he didn't want to buy, and made that very publicly known when he was bought. He's like, I don't know why he's here. I didn't want him. Um, so if he had no say in, I can't remember how much they spent on transfers, like 180 mil, maybe 200 max, I'd be more forgiving of him having that meltdown. But when everyone acquiesced to his whims and then they're playing the way they are, yeah, doesn't cut it. I, I totally get that. I get the fact that you have to take responsibility, I guess, for on field, the way you're playing and stuff. But I mean, to a certain extent, he, he didn't say anything wrong, did he? So one of the key points which I've been reading up on and listening to on other podcasts and stuff, obviously, to get different opinions, because I can't formulate my own at the moment, is the fact that everyone knew the, it's a known quantity. Everyone knew that you know, Conte was joining Spurs and Spurs were joining Conte. Like, you knew what you're getting to bed with, basically. And I think everyone that was within the, the kind of football world, they were, well, primarily in the English Premier League, you knew what to expect from Conte. And you kind of could see this outburst happening. Is that a fair assessment or do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he, he was forced to stay for like the, the remainder of his contract. So... I don't know. It's kind of a weird situation because you could see it, you could see it coming. Hello, I've returned from my non-technical difficulties. All good. Did you receive your parcel? Yeah, it's all good. I've got it now. Like, what I was saying was uh, everyone knew who they were basically going to bed with. You knew what Spurs were. You knew what Conte was. And it's not really a surprise that it's come to this point, is it? No, I mean... It's like uh, the parable of what is it, the scorpion and the frog, right? Where scorpion wants to get to the other side of the pond or whatever, and the frog's there, and the frog goes, oh, don't sting me. And the scorpion goes, yeah, I won't. The frog takes the scorpion on its back, gets to the other side of the pond, and the scorpion stings the frog. Frogs are dying going, why have you done that to me? And the frog goes, I mean, the scorpion goes, well, you knew I was a scorpion. It's in my nature to do that. Everyone knows what you get with Conte. So... And if anything, I'm probably surprised it's taken as long as it has to get to this stage. But having said that, he's been making Q-Ties at Italy for how long now? Ages. Absolutely ages. Like I feel before the World Cup, he was trying to be all cute towards Juventus. And yeah, so I don't think anyone can be surprised by this. I just think he's trying to do everything he can to get sacked rather than leave. But we, we say sacked, the, the guy is going to get like a two-month payoff. It's not like, you know what I mean? It's not like a major income of money that's coming in or so maybe there's a clause we don't know about yeah but how much is he making a year i know for i know he's getting paid like 200 grand a week probably if i'm not mistaken uh when they signed him up there was like some massive i want to check while you chat about your boy the contract ends on the 30th yeah. so even if he gets sacked now which is what april may june you have two months um so apparently he wants, he wants gardening leave. Simple as that. He's getting paid fifteen million pounds a year. That is insane. There you go. And what if we, off the top of my head, that's one point five, one point two five a month, basically. So yeah, he wants the extra like two mil. <laughs> well, I guess then the question comes down to: Has his management style actually impacted the team? So when he joined, the first six months, they everyone was talking about how great of a manager he was and how he was going to help them win something for the first time in I don't know how long. Has he actually improved the way they play, and is that kind of what you'd have expected from him as a manager? 
without sounding ultimately salty, the only reason they got top four last year was because Arsenal completely fudged it. And I think, yeah, look, looking back now, they didn't get there based on their own merit. And I'm trying to say this and not sound like actually try and be objective with it, but it was due to events that they couldn't control that ended up working favorably for them, which is why they ended up in the position they've been in. A quick look at the last results. Obviously, they drew to Southampton 3 all. Okay, they beat Nottingham Forest, lost to AC Milan in the Champions League like two weeks ago, lost to Wolves. Obviously, beginning of the month, they lost Sheffield United in the FA Cup, beat Chelsea, beat West Ham. I know Sino's Moise is on fraud fraud watch. We're not we're not gonna look too much into that. Oh yeah, I forgot they got absolutely papped for one by Leicester. Yeah. But the week before they beat City 1-0. That's the confusing thing. And then on top of that, he was the guy that chose the team to play Sheffield. You know, they didn't play like a full strength team, but he took he has to take responsibility to some extent of how he set up and how he asked them to play. Of course. I mean, it's not it's it's not progressive football. It's not football that you look to control the game or have a positive outlook on it because essentially it's contain, contain, contain. Try not to concede, obviously keeping two banks for whatever, restricting to long shots, which we've obviously used in our favour when we've played them in the derbies, and then hitting on the counter. And for instance, when they played, sorry, Southampton the other day, so you're 3-1 up with, what, 15 minutes left to go? Why did they just stop attacking? This is the they point. stopped playing. Yeah. They invited pressure on them for the remainder of that game. And I don't know how much of that you can blame on Conte. We can blame on the players because I think in football, we're too quick to blame managers for absolutely everything because players also, you know, they have a say in it. They're on the pitch. So, but I, I, I don't even want to blame Conte too much for that because what can you do? When you're free one up, you should be seeing the game out. You know, you just, you just hold possession and just, you're playing the bottom team. Like how, yeah, I, I don't know. But I think his tactics anyway, you weren't going to get much from them. It's not progressive football. Well, you have your resident United flag bearer who's kindly join us to make an appearance for the first time in a month or something. Hello, Maz. Hello, Will. We're in uh, green and yellow. <laughs> Ten, how's, how's it going? One Norwich kit on. <laughs> Norwich scarves out. <laughs> Question for you, Maz. Conte's involvement in where Spurs are, do you think he has positively or was positively affecting their kind of outlook and the team in general, like when he joined and stuff? And how has it kind of turned out now? I think I think when he joined, there was just so much positive fanfare around them getting Conte, similar to what they had with Mourinho, I suppose. But I don't know, like, I'll be surprised that this is where they're at with Conte and the club in general. I think this history has proven that hey, with Conte, this this is where this is what happens after two or three seasons. He he move, generally moves on, albeit he usually wins things at clubs. Underlying, and then that comes to a point B. Yeah, and then point B is this is Tottenham. They never win things anyway. So are we actually surprised that this is how it's ended up? I think more recently, I think he's been way too much of a negative influence on on, on the team and the squad and just the general. Or I feel like around the club feels feels a bit negative, and I think Conte has invited that with the recent, well, past few weeks of criticism of of, of players. I think, rightly so, they do deserve criticism, and but just things things like that should be kept 
behind closed doors. But he said that. He said that he, he was... tried to keep it behind closed doors. Yeah. Did he? He was the one, just, he was the one that was... No, he said, he said in the press conference, he said, like, I've tried to... I've tried to keep it quiet and I've tried to solve the issue, but I can't do it anymore. And he basically just said like... Yeah, so he decides yeah. to slag the because it, Maybe he's trying to look at a different reaction or, you know, like, like CJ said. I, just, I just think he's just looking looking for a way out, to be honest. And and yes, CJ's right. Like, weird thing is that a typical Conte team would probably go 3-1 up and then defend well and see the game out. That's the typical way a Conte team would play. But for some reason, they... It's like they're not playing for him anymore. It almost feels like. And I can't see any way he continues anyway. I would not be surprised if if he's sacked over this international break. And I read something earlier that apparently Harry Redknapp's interested in the job. So we're going, we're going back. Oh, God, no, no, Well, don't. that aptly titled. Title, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. A, quick, a quick look at his results. So I think he's had 76 games since he came to Spurs. They've won more than half. They've won 41, drawn 12, lost 23. 136 goals for 85 against. Points per match average of about 1.78. So, I mean, it's not the worst. It's also not the best. The alarming but one is the defending one. The, it, I was going to say as well, because the goals conceded this season, they conceded 40 goals, which is more than... What did they do last, like when they got top four? West Ham. What did... For last season? Yeah, so how many did they concede last season in the Premier League when they were like, well, they pipped us to fourth place? But it'd be good to. 40. 40. Total. The... Yeah, 40 total. So they've already reached that 10 games ago. But... Wow. Yeah. I think last season was just a like, weird season, general points. But like, if, if you think about it, like the most recent results where they've actually won games with. Conte not being there. Obviously, he had the issue, the health issue recently, did he? Yeah. So, but then I don't, I don't know how much influence he had on the team selection and, and stuff whilst he's away. But I think they'll be fine without him. To, to, let's be honest, like Tottenham finishing fourth is a good is is a season that's on target for them. Yeah, that's what they would have aimed for. And they're not. And are they? They probably are famous to get fourth place. It's between. I still think they can do it. Uh, like even if this guy yeah. goes like. They'll, they'll still do it even without him. It's just, um, I think, like every new manager, Tottenham get, you think, well, the supporters think they'll be the, they're going to win something. But if they didn't win it with Mourinho and not with Conte, then they need to start looking at unproven managers. I think they have, they have to work out what they want to be yeah. as a club. I think this is, over the last couple of seasons, it's become more and more apparent as time's gone on. A lot of clubs, a lot of owners, don't know where they want their club to go apart from being competitive in the league, which is like the most bullshit specification ever. Because Spurs trying to do right now, they've got an aging squad, right? So they're going to have to rebuild the squad. So when Potter was still there, and when 18 months without a single sign-in, like, what, was, what was the point of that? Was that, was that and after then, the Champions League final? Yeah, I think it included it, because I think that's why he left off. It was, did he leave after that? I think no, it was, it, it left, I think it was after the final that season. Basically, after the season, after the final, they didn't invest in anyone. Yeah, yeah. and, and that's why he left. Season, he thought that was a season you, you should improve yeah. the squad and make it better. You got the Champions League final, you could really push on here. Yeah, Sorry. and then Mourinho came, got some money, left in a left under a black cloud. They've spent money, guys. They have spent money this season. Yeah, yeah they, I think it's, they don't know. Like, if you if you want to be 
a club that you get the youngest and brightest talents in London or from across the world and you can have a decent cup run and then, you know, push to top four and get to maybe knock out stage of the Champions League and build on that, then fine. But right now they're not even doing that. So like until they work out what they want, I think we're just they're gonna be in a weird little cycle of they'll hire someone they'll go for this all over again, except now the players are a lot older. If Kane goes, I don't know what they're gonna do realistically for goals, because it's so dependent on him that system that if he's not scoring, eh, no one else is really doing it. Son's got up gone off the boil now. Um the striker Kulukevsky. Kulevsky. Um Injury issues, but also hasn't scored that much. I think he had like two assists this season. Like he hasn't been as prolific, I think, as a lot of people think. So I think they just got to go back to the drawing board. But then it depends on who they get as manager, right? You've said Harry Redknapp. I've heard Thomas Frank. I've heard Poch. I've heard replay. Thomas Frank would not leave Brentford. That is just yeah, no, absolutely not. Because at Brentford, life is good for him. He's working wonders there. I've heard I've heard Silver too, to be honest. From Fulham. Yeah, Again, I don't think he would leave. If 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 Fulham hit Europe this this season, he's not going to leave. Why would you leave that? But Tottenham hit. Yeah, no. But like you've taken Fulham from relegation to Europe in like the space of twelve months, Mm -hmm. and you'll probably get a bit more money to you know facilitate that. Uh, Things will even themselves out soon enough, and Fulham will be fine relegation next season. Nah, nah, nah. See, I. Although the underlying metrics of Fulham aren't great, and that's why I didn't want to jinx it when we played them the other day in the chat, I think they might be here for it to stay because if they strengthen, they've got a solid squad. Like they if always they, have a solid squad. Sooner or later, these 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 days will start getting picked off sooner or later. No, no, but I, I think the and, problem and right is being, they can reinvent themselves in transfer. Fulham could never defend. It's always when they went down. It was able to so like follow that Brighton model. I think is, is, is the model that Fulham needs to follow and, and be good in the transfer. They either need to be like Brighton or be like Brentford. But I think either of those options are still fine for them because Brentford came up and everyone was like, oh, can they stay up? They stayed up. Oh, can they do it again in the second season? They've more than done that. So I think if if even if they lose some players, right, which probably will happen, it's just being smart, making sure that at the the defence stays decent. And I think they'll be okay because they've managed to combine Mitrovic up front and he not have to carry the entire workload. Yeah, but he's busy assaulting referees, right? I'm not saying anything on that. Obviously, I don't condone violence. It's from me that clear. But, yeah. They remind me of, like, a Bournemouth. Remember them? Then they came out a couple of seasons ago. Finished, finished mid-table, about 10th, 11th. But Fulham are actually playing seasons. decent football. That's the difference. Yeah, so did, so did Bournemouth, remember, when they, when they first came. And Daddy Howe. And then once, what, third season, fourth season in, when they couldn't, when they kind of lost their way in the transfer market, that's when they started getting relegated. Maz, I, think, I just have one word to say to you, which is... Eddie Howe, well, I don't have one word, it's more Eddie Howe and being a Liverpool tax break haven. That's why Bournemouth started fucking up because they, they recruited so poorly. They were buying like Solanke, who had never scored for like 20 mil. Jonathan, I... He's still there. He's still, he's still playing. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, no, I, I know he's still around. Impact has he had? I'm sure he had a good season in the championship when they got relegated. Keyword championship. But, yeah, but that's, that's probably what he... So I'm saying, man, like, Fulham can continue to build on the foundations they've got now. I think Marco Silva seems happy enough there. Obviously, he's ride or die for his players. So I think, I'm not saying that Fulham are going to hang around forever, but I think they could step another season or two if they just don't revert back to type. Because they're almost as bad as Norwich. Well, 
Okay, that's that's a bit rude. No one's as bad as Norwich. In terms of yo-yoing? If I'm just thinking, I'm talking Marco Silva, the Tottenham job looks more appealing to me then. Well, you've got you've got like, king of king of um, persuasion and negativity, Sat, who's also joined us for this chat. So I don't know if he's going to give his opinion, but where where do you think Sat? This is to you. Where who do Tottenham appoint within within the league if there was a manager that you target? Okay, <clears throat> does it have to be in the league at the moment? I would say let's target Premier League because they're more attainable or you know more of them. No, no, let's pick whoever as well because I want to hear his left field choice. I'm here for this. But Premier League... <laughs> okay, so I think within the Prem, I think Spurs may go for Marco Silva, potentially. Uh, I, I don't think someone like Thomas Frank would go there because that would be my choice. Someone like Thomas Frank or even Roberto De Zerbi. And make it like a project, right? So essentially, you know, long-term plan, back the manager, see how it goes. And as we know, it's it's a new you know, Frank Deserby. I mean, Marco Silva too, to an extent. They're not managers who are going to destroy the club and destroy the relationship with the players and the fans and so on. A la Mr. Conde, unfortunately. So I think those are the three I'd go for if I was in the if if I was Spurs in the Prem. I mean, Eddie Howe wouldn't be a bad shout either, but he wouldn't leave Newcastle, no, I don't think. And I don't think they'd let him go that easily. I've got um, a left-field choice. I mean, I think I don't think he's going to go for it, but Jesse March? No, I don't think so. It's, he's, he's not high-profile enough, and he doesn't prove on himself. Yeah. It's they've not gone like the high-profile route, though. They've failed. <laughs> well, they have, but the thing is, I think the choice was just incorrect, right? I think, look, to be honest, I, I think I have a feeling... Spurs are just going to be unimaginative and appoint Pochettino again. Yeah, I can see that happening. Their fans are asking um, for it. Here's, here's, my, yeah. here's my left field choice, which probably isn't actually that left field. Do you think if they wait until the end of the season, they'll go for Amarim? Have I said that right? Yeah. Ruben Amarim, sporting manager? Because I've heard a couple of whispers about, and obviously now they're in the champ, not Champions League, sorry, Europa League, they're progressing. But depending on how that pans out, whatever, I think that would be a good way to get him into the league. To be honest, I'd actually be quite worried if they did that because it shows they're being forward-thinking. It's a good point. Poch right now, I think, is the safe option. But also, after his past experiences with PSG and stuff, I don't know how that's going to play out with a rebuild. I, I just don't know what they're going to do in terms of transfer. So, yeah, to me, the smart choice would be the Sporting Lisbon manager. But Who, um, Who's his agent, by the way? Is it Jorge Mendes? Could be. I can check. I'm going to assume yes. Because it's Let's assume it is. I need to check it, obviously. But let's assume it is. I think that they wouldn't get him. And I think they've burned that bridge with Mourinho and Jorge Mendes. I'm just looking now. Uh, doesn't actually explicitly say who his management company is or sporting management company. I'm seeing Nomi Sports verified on Transformart. Well, apparently his, his release clause is like 26 million in his contract. So I don't think Levy is ever going to do that. Mm. But yeah, who's your who's your left choice and left field choice, Maz? What do you, th- I mean, apart from Harry Redknapp, which you've said that is, a, <laughs> it's potential. Apparently they're going to do it. <laughs> I love that. I, I, had, I had Redknapp throw his uh, hat in the ring, apparently. Right. I don't know. I think it'll be, I said Marco Silva. I think Poch would probably be the more likely one. Um, from abroad? 
it has to be someone. I, I mean, there's nobody like most. apart from that guy from I Rim. Poch, I think he's going to be the most most likely. To... Isn't there someone else in France? Was it France or was it Red Bull? No, it's a Frankfurt the manager, right? The tweet that I shared the other day, and they were like, unlike whatever our coach doesn't get fired, we don't get fired because he actually has a UEFA Pro license. The Salzburg guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let's see. I mean, the problem is, though, we're being inventive with traces. It won't happen. Like, I don't think Daniel Levy's worked out that he has to actually just sit down, think, and be prepared to go for a rebuild. I think he's still trying to do the quick money in money type thing and see if they can just turn around and make them winners with what they've got. And that's always going to be a sticking plaster solution. I mean, if they're going to follow the trend of Mourinho and Conte, don't forget Thomas Tuchel's available as well. Yeah, so that's a good shout, actually. Completely forgot that. And he'd be another Chelsea manager that ended up at Spurs. Yep. Yep. What were you, what were you saying, sir? That's a really good shout. I was just looking at the odds, right? So essentially you've got, I can't see much more than five, let's just say. So you've got Ryan Mason at one to five, which makes sense because if he's caretaker manager, that's probably why he's one to five. Then you've got Poch at three to one, Thomas Tuchel six to one. Is the guy you were talking about, Carl? Is it Oliver Glasner or something like that? Um, that sounds vaguely familiar. He's eight to one, and then you've got Luis Enrique fourteen to one. Oliver Glasner. Why does that ring a bell? Yeah, that's him. Oh no, he's a Frankfurt coach. Sorry. Yeah, Maz was right. He's, that's a Frankfurt coach. Here's my left field yeah. one. What about Brendan Rodgers? Nah. Ooh. They, they can't. He's flo- like, I think he's just flopped too hard at Leicester. He's ruined his reputation, I think. But also, Leicester have been constrained by their budget. Leicester have been constrained by their budget, to be fair. Yeah. I, I think Leicester have let him down. I don't know. Yeah. As, as much as I, like, I've been dissing Rodgers, I think this season he has not been helped by the board, which, again, ultimately is another parallel to draw between Spurs and Palace in terms of and he won the era going. He won the FA Cup with Leicester. He won, he won the FA Cup with them that two seasons Yeah, ago. proven winner, apparently. So, and, uh, yeah, sorry, I was just going to pivot this to our second point, Carl, about Vieira. Like you mentioned, Vieira leaving, and we're talking about clubs backtracking, essentially, and with Roy Hodgson now taking care of Crystal Palace again. What's, how do you feel about that, I guess? CJ, you can probably have first dibs and then Maz, give us your thoughts on that sort of appointment and firing and stuff. I think the key point here was that you mentioned, oh, well, everyone is in agreement that clubs don't know what they want to be. And this is a classic example of that. I think Palace forgot that they were Palace, to be perfectly honest with you, because Vieira... I understand that he obviously hadn't been winning recently. There was that terrible stat about free games with no shot on target, but also the teams that they'd recently played weren't exactly the easiest teams. I mean, okay, they lost to Aston Villa and that probably should have been more of a contest, but yeah, like they drew with Liverpool, they drew with Brentford, drew Brighton, lost to United. Okay, they drew with Newcastle, again, drew with Newcastle. That's all half teams. They lost to Chelsea, okay, they lost to Southampton in the FA Cup, they lost to Spurs in the Premier League, but that's up to January. I mean, they've had a pretty hard run. Also, uh, to talk about transfers, obviously last season they did really well. They had Conor Gallagher. I think they were also quite fortunate with injuries. They weren't too affected by injuries. This season, obviously, they weren't able to get Gallagher back. The board, I think, completely just put him in the shit because he didn't get enough defensive recruitment, I don't feel. Midfield, absolutely not. 
their midfield has probably been the way everyone's been talking about Liverpool's midfield is probably what we should have been saying about Palaces because it's non-existent. They're, they're still bringing that. Still bringing that guy Milivojevic still on. Like he's been there for ages. Yeah, and Benteke he left in the yeah. summer. They didn't replace him because I wasn't doing shit. They got that guy. What's his name? Mateta, who's like, I mean, not great, but it's another. Boy. He's he's not Lisa. bad. Zaha's what near the end of his contract, and you can't always rely on him. So I think it was not similar to not similar to Spurs, but in terms of what the next step for Spurs is if they don't if they're not smart with it. This season for Palace was just a sticking plaster because he wasn't backed. He had like a very hard job to do with a midfield for him to try and play the football he wanted to play. I guess you could argue he could have been more pragmatic, but would anyone have enjoyed that football? I, I don't think so. Maz, what are your thoughts on that kind of appointment and firing of Vieira? And what's your, I guess, what do you think Hodgson will do? I mean, I, I don't have any expectations. I don't, to be fair, I don't have any. I'm saying I don't really have expectation of on Hodgson. I think he'll probably come in and stabilize the club to the end of the season. Vieira Saka just just makes no sense to me. Like, if you're the Saka manager, have have a plan in place to like replace him. And it's obvious it's obvious they didn't because. Hodgson wasn't exactly announced straight away, and plus, it's just it makes no sense. Like what what CEO said, they were, they had a tough run of games, and to be fair, we probably expected them to draw and probably lose all of them apart from the Villa game, which is what happened. Probably, I mean, and they lost the Villa game, which is unfortunate. But I just don't think there's a plan in place. Which, if you're going to sack a manager, I'd at least have someone there behind the scenes. I think my biggest surprise is that they didn't go for Jesse Marsh. Uh, I thought. I thought he might have been a good replacement for Vieira, uh, but I think we'll go back to that, that that whole question mark of what is Palace's expectation. I see them as a bottom half club and nothing more. Maybe mid table would be a good season for them, but with the money that's been, with the lack of money that's been spent and players not being replaced, no, I'm not. I'm not surprised they are in the position they are. And they should have kept Vieira on and let him implement his thoughts and ideas onto the team for a bit for a bit longer that's a that's a contrasting view to Conte and like what they're they kind of didn't allow well they kind of did but he's not able to translate his message and I think maybe Vieira had a similar issue I don't know but a parallel that I want to draw on these two so I guess a question to Sat is who do you think after well not even I won't even give you the hint give me in your opinion the top five teams that have scored the most goals in the Premier League in your opinion? Whatever. Or or this No, this season. <clears throat> top five United. In the Premier um, League. Top scorers. Yeah. Already. Top, you mean people? Uh, sorry, you mean teams, right? Yes. Yeah, so United. Wrong. I notice it's not in order. You're saying top five. They're not in the top five. United are not in the top five. No, no way. Really? Well, okay. City, Arsenal. Okay. Um, Liverpool. Okay. Um, Newcastle. Nope. Spurs. Yes. I mean, it's going to be some left field nonsense, isn't it? Brighter. Yeah. So my parallel, what I was going to say with this was that we talk about Conte and how he has, I guess, failed to deliver his style and their third highest scorers in the Premier League this season. They met their target of the Champions League last season. And then you look at Crystal Palace, who, you know, 
I wouldn't say have a great attacking outlet, but they're they're really bad and they're 18th basically in top scores. So only Nottingham Forest and actually Wolves, Nottingham Forest have scored the same amount of goals. So they're tied bottom and they're lower than Southampton, which is pretty bad. And I think this has been ongoing for ages in terms of what Palace are and how they, I don't know, kind of ties into my uh, point around DNA and expectations of a club. I guess then to to start again in terms of what do you think Hodgson can bring that Vieira can't? I mean, you'll have to fight the Owls corner. <laughs> Look, I, I get why they've appointed him. I think it's safe pair of hands. But I, I can't see how appointing him has lower risk than staying with Vieira unless something else happened behind the scenes that caused it. Because it doesn't make any sense, right? Like you said, like you guys said, there's he has a decent run of fixtures now, right? Could do enough to keep them up. <clears throat> they kind of went for it from a project point of view, you know what I mean? So Vieira was the right manager and they had recruited the right players. I mean, look, I know you guys saying the midfield isn't great and fair enough. But they've recruited they recruited some decent players. Like, you know, Gehi's decent in, in defense. Brought in, you know, they brought in Olise, they brought in Eze. They brought in some, you know, a couple, a few decent players that actually could last a while, basically, and could be there for some time. So they kind of look like they did the recruitment for the long term, but I, I just don't understand what's what's happened there with with Vieira. I really don't, unless there has to be a, some sort of falling out or something. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I felt, and. It they had an aging sense. squad yeah. before Vieira came, so they've replaced them with these young talents, but they haven't carried that forward, I guess. CJ, is that kind of what you were trying to get? I think so, yeah. But just to add some more respect on Vieira's name, here's a couple of stats from his debut season. So remember, this is his first season. It's the first time they ever had a positive goal difference in the Premier League. Fewest defeats, fewest goals conceded, and their second highest total for goals, victories and points. And didn't they get to Wembley? I think so. Last season? I could be wrong. I feel like they did. I can't remember what for. Maybe FA Cup? But it's... it's. I think... Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I feel sorry for him. Obviously, they weren't playing to their best. But also, at the same time, if I just tell you the fixtures now going forward, you'll actually laugh. Because it's what? Leicester City, Leeds, Southampton, Everton, Wolves, West Ham, Spurs, Bournemouth... Fulham, and then they finish on Nottingham Forest. Like those are all games that they can drag themselves out of the situation that they're in. And also, I know the relegation battle right now is spicy, but I still don't think they were necessarily going to get sucked into it based on the games that they had left. Whereas now, I do not trust Roy Hodgson at Palace. They were always in trouble under him. So I get the whole safe pair of hand thing, but I just, I just want them to get relegated now. It's a good, yeah. it's a good point um, Sat just raises the fact that he also had to go through last summer where they had so many players leave due to less than one-year contracts. And that's why they rebuilt with all those recruits that they got, Olise, Eze, etc. And CJ, they reached Wembley for the FA Cup final, if I'm not mistaken, last season. Yeah. Okay, it was FA Cup. Yeah, like, I mean, obviously you're not expecting to hit that every year, but I think it's a bit harsh to 
I would have at least given him the easier, well, in in brackets, easier games. There are no easy games. Yeah, I would have given, I would have given him at least two or three more games, but also because with the bottom teams, they're obviously going to be playing each other slash higher teams as well. So you do have a bit of wiggle room. Yeah. But again, I don't own a football club, so yeah. Fair enough. Sat, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, it's not even like you're going to get new manager bounce, are you? No, because it's a barn owl that's coming in to stir the feathers of the fucking stock again. Nothing nothing new is going to happen. Uh, and I just, Roy Hodgson isn't a tactical genius or he's not someone that you see as charismatic. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a hater. No, we're not a hater. He's a dinosaur. I respect him for what he did. He's one of the few English managers that went abroad, coached in different parts of the world. I will respect him for that. But in this day and age, it's like Allardyce or Redknapp. Like, I would but, still have Allardyce then Hodgson, because you know, like he will do something like like he'll play with a back six or something. You know what I mean? Just he'll get a result. Hodgson will not do anything. I mean, I mean to me, it's Sean. It's not quite Sean Dyke levels because he's more modern, but it's to me, it's that kind of you know what you're getting. Yeah, you just hope it'll be enough. Interesting, but yeah. So. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, in in general, I think uh, that's kind of like what the theme was today around backtracking clubs and not knowing their identity and DNA. But the, I guess, the closing not remark but topic of discussion before we jump on the quiz was uh, the cyborg. That's, I mean, you you can't avoid not talking about him at this point, just given the fact it's international break, and from the last seven days, he was basically the person that was on front of everyone's cameras. Scoring was it five goals in Champions League in one game and then a hat trick. So I guess coming to you, Maz. Uh, in general, when we discuss you know Haaland's record-breaking performances, why is it no longer shocking? I don't know how to explain it, but personally, I don't see it as you know we would be talking about someone scoring five goals like over the course of a week or whatever. But is it because Messi and Ronaldo have just been part of that? I, I think. It's- I think Messi and Ronaldo will always be, you know, class of the road. And to be honest, like, and the wow factor you got from watching Messi and Ronaldo prob- probably has spoiled us when we see things. Harder scoring five goals, for instance, and just, just think he's amazing. But because we've been so wowed by Messi and Ronaldo, it just kind of diminishes what Haaland's. Not that it should, because you know, when scoring five goals in a game is very rare, hardly ever happens. I, th- I think we've just been spoiled in football now with Messi and Ronaldo, and to reach that level, I don't think. I don't think anyone will reach that level. I think the next level is going to be like harder than Pape, basically. Who's going to be the next harder than Pape? I mean, that's what that's what we're going to be speaking about. Yeah. I think the more interesting debate is like, who do you think is better? Like, who do you think would you rather have in your team? That's a juicy question. That's a very. I mean, it depends on the style, isn't it? But it's very. It's a good point to raise in sense of what would. Obviously, you know what Haaland is in terms of a striker. He's everything. He's got pace, power, whatever you want. But I guess in terms of his current and future levels, where do you see him? Do you see him breaking records, basically, I, that you see? The thing is, the thing is he's, he's missed some easy chances. Yeah. That's the weird thing. The, the games that City drew, they should have won if Haaland had scored. I think it's Nottingham Forest recently. He missed like a sitter. Yeah, he's, he's missing about open goals. So you think like if he could, and this sound weird, get better at finishing those chances... He could have easily had three or four more goals this season. That's crazy. Like, but those chances have been crucial. So if he can uh, be a bit more, I want to say decisive, it's the wrong word to use for Haaland, but you know, just like the moments that matter. 
Yeah. And and, and he's only twenty two. Yeah, there's one nil wins. If he's if he's a scorer, there's one nil wins. I think like and that's what he needs. It's 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 it's, it's I don't know, I feel like I sound ridiculous for saying it because he scored so many goals this season. And you are a United fan, so you, you can come off as a hater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can I'm not I'm not actually Harlan Hayes actually. I think I think he's a I'd have him in my team over Mbappe. But probably get stick for that. But yeah. Yeah, but you hate Mbappe anyway. We already know this. Apparently he's the next Michael Owen, remember? So <laughs> it, it could he still could be. One hamstring injury, that's his game over. At least Holland. No, I think I think they're disrespectful saying that. Mbappe <laughs> he's one hamstring injury away from me like Michael Owen. That's that's true that's better than this. He probably is, you never know. Uh I guess to you, Sat and well, all three of you two, and we'll go with Sat first and then CJ. Where is his next career step? Let's say he wins Premier League, he wins Champions League for City. What does he do next? Oh, that's a hard question. <clears throat> I'm just going to take one before that, which is essentially whether you'd have Haaland or Mbappe in your team. If it was me, I would take, and, and they wouldn't cost the earth, obviously. Because we know what Kylian Mbappe's financial deed is at PwC. At uh, PwC. <laughs> at PSG. <laughs> PwC. I can't think on the mind. But if it's with, with, with uh, Kylian Mbappe, I feel like, and we saw this in like the World Cup final, like he, is, he has the capability to drag a team through a game into a winning situation. Yeah. Like that World Cup final, he, he did it himself. I, I don't think anything, I don't think France as a squad or as a team, had anything in that match. It was all him. Like he started driving the team forward. He started doing everything. And I don't think Haaland has that, that, sort of, um, that sort of aura or that sort of push for the whole team. He, he's, if the team works for him, he will kill it. Absolutely kill it. The issue is that if you stop the team, it's not like he's going to manufacture and fabricate goals from nowhere. It's very good. Anyway, you can easily like, mark him out, basically. I mean, they say easily, and the guy scored so many. This is goals. the thing; it's like, a contradiction. The way we're discussing him, you know, it's like I don't want to say easily, but Holden did do a pretty decent job against him in the FA Cup, and he's a backup centre back. And and that Everton game, who is it? Holgate or someone was like really in his face. I, I think he's it's like a Pokemon, right? And he certainly looks like one. <laughs> I think he's. There's, there's obviously levels that he can get to because, like Sat said, he doesn't influence a game enough. I know that sounds stupid, talking about someone that scored, what, like 36 league goals or something stupid like that. But he would have to do more, and Henri did allude to this, and he also alluded to this after the Leipzig game, of doing more to bring his teammates into games. I think his mentality is elite because for either the chances that he misses or him not being in the right place at the right time, he doesn't beat himself up about it. And I think with a lot of footballers, especially strikers, it's been able to shake off, you know, the other one wasn't there and just put that to the side and then just carry on. Because you can see strikers psych themselves out in games. But yeah, I think, to be honest, if he was going to go somewhere else, it'd be Madrid or it'd be Barcelona. I don't think he'd bother with PSG. It's like a natural um, step for anyone, right? Surely, to just can I say something on that? Actually, I see the thing is, I don't know whether I'm just being a bit uh, negative as I usually am. I I really don't see why anyone would leave the Premier League to go to Real Madrid and 
Barcelona anymore. That La Liga, La Liga is rubbish, honestly. Like the only match we were talking about this when we was on Saturday. Yeah. So what what do you watch La Liga for? Yeah, but remember, it's like it's like Juventus, right? And the pull that they have on certain players. I don't think Serie A is particularly great. As in, when we were kids, we used to watch it on Channel Four. It was lit. Those days of God, I'm sure how old I am here. Low, like what two decades ago? Those, like that's not that's that's not a thing anymore. But I think it's just the allure of saying you've played for that team. And I do agree with you. The you Premier might. League, and without being biased, it is the best league. Like that's that's not even up for debate. But I just think I don't see him staying at City for the rest of his career, especially because of who his agents are. Like, I, I, I think I think I, they know I that they can package him and sell him to another league very easily. And the people that and the eyes that will follow him based on where he goes next is what could help influence that. Yeah, it brings more to the league. It's a bit like it's a bit like the Ronaldo to Saudi Arabia thing, where effectively he could bring more life to a league by moving. Yeah, 100%. And if everyone starts being able to negotiate bigger TV deals off the back of increased viewership, then there's more money for everyone to spend, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I I mean, I don't know how much of an influence that would have. I feel like there'd be some number cruncher at some team in every league being like, if we had someone like him, we'd be able to do da-da-da-da-da. I think they'll always saw that with Madrid. For Madrid, regardless, I think they're one of those clubs that I think we're quite oblivious to it sitting here in, in the UK, but it seems to be like most European players want to play for Madrid because it's what they aspire to. It's heritage, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what it is, football heritage. And you know as well, if you go there, you're probably going to win the Champions League. Madrid, yeah. Madrid more than Barcelona, actually. I think Barcelona are done, man. I really do. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just me talking because I really want them to be done because I absolutely hate that club. But there was one thing, and just you're right, Carl, you just made a point that I just remembered something. I don't know if you remember. Was it Real Madrid when they went for Kylian Mbappe or was it the summer that just went? Yeah, it was the summer just gone. Yeah. And then do you remember how La Liga got involved with that whole debate? So that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of like maybe it's like La Liga. It helps La Liga as a whole to bring someone like that in. I personally, just off the back of what I'm seeing in, in the league, the clubs, I just don't understand why someone would go there. I don't understand why someone would play in PSG, Bayern Munich, and those two clubs if you're not, unless you want an easy life, man, seriously. That's the thing, right? Because I feel that if you're not in the Premier League, you're basically guaranteed to win most games, whereas here anyone can get it on any given day of the week because that's just what makes this league so good. Like, you know, if you go to Madrid, Barcelona, okay, you might get challenged by Atletico. Other than that, you're pretty much chilling. You're guaranteed at least one cup a season, maybe a Champions League run and possibly the title. Yeah, you go to Bayern, well, you're definitely winning the league. Like, it's more of an effort to not win the league than it is to win it, I'm sure. Cup run, Champions League. Yeah, Italy. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the Italian league in general is kind of struggling to find itself, but I feel like that's a whole conversation for another day. Well, at least there's someone else winning it. This, at least Napoli is actually hopefully winning it this year. Yeah, but but we don't know what that would have been like if Juventus hadn't been penalised. Right? But they're only 15 uh, points. The the gap at top is 20 points. Yeah, yeah no, I know. But it, it, I mean, still being in that sort of vicinity makes a difference, as we've seen with Arsenal and City, right? It just adds a bit of pressure. 
where there doesn't need to be, I suppose. With with Serie A, the challenge is that as a player, you never know. One day you might show up and you're playing against 12 people. I, yeah. The ref has been playing against you, right? So there is that. But genuinely, I don't see, I don't understand, I suppose maybe weather, possibly. Like you said, weather, lifestyle, money, ease. Isn't the tax more higher in Spain, though? It depends, right? Because you get that there's that special Beckham law and things like that that they can they can get. Oh, okay. I think, but look, to be honest, in the tax you just renegotiate your deal, right? You just renegotiate a deal net of crazy. This is why we have an accountant on the podcast. I mean, we're asking, we're, we're debating on how La Liga, why it's appealing, and the guy is basically living near south of Spain, so he should be the main expert, expert on this one. I just, I'm just being very biased. It is just so boring, man. Like I just can't, I just can't switch on a La Liga game unless even El Clasico. I wasn't even paying attention. Yeah, but, I mean, to be fair, they've done some amazing stuff with like the cinematography around the games, right? That whole FIFA camera thing, you know, that whole the bokeh effect and the yeah. way the camera go. You know, some of the views are amazing, right? But, but that product is just not sold properly at all. Like nobody, nobody. Well, it's not easy to watch. Very true. Do you know what I mean like how hard was it to, for you guys to I watch? I can't La Liga? watch it, obviously, because you have to subscribe to La Liga TV. So I don't know about Maz. And obviously, I use legal means to watch sports. So, I don't know what yeah. Maz, Maz. I don't know. You probably watch it through legal means in inverted commas as well. But before, was it like on yeah. BT and stuff? It was on Sky. Yeah. We Sky had La Liga and uh, back in the days. Yeah, but now to be fair, viewing is just completely like from another level. Crazy. It's just it looks. I think the Premier League are behind when it comes to like the the like experience of watching football in the league compared to the Premier League is completely different. But then it's all great having that cinematic view, amazing 4K Ultra HD, like different like view viewing. But if the games are so boring, it's just like it makes exactly. no difference to me. Yeah. And and the only game I probably probably properly sit down and watch when it comes to the Spanish. The Spanish games would be the, the Classico, and even that wasn't a great watch on Sunday, no. whatever it was. Agreed. And then also, you've got the Madrid derby to an extent as well, right? But now that Simeone is gone, what's going to happen there? But even the Madrid derby was, was, wasn't was the greatest of watch because Simeone would be so negative in his tactics. I want to watch an exciting game, I don't want to watch a training match like defenders versus attackers, which is what those games were basically. Good point. <clears throat> All right. So go back to your question then. Where's his next step? And I, I don't know. I, I mean, you're right. Maybe if there is anybody who will take him, it'll be either PSG or Real Madrid. I can see him going to Bayern Munich, to be honest. Also, I suppose, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Or back to Dortmund. Really? Nah, he was... I, think he... I think he's going Madrid, I think. I, yeah, I honestly think it'd be Madrid because Madrid still need a blockbuster signing, right? Maybe they, maybe they get after... Mbappe and Haaland in the same team. I don't, even, I don't know if that would work. Yeah, I was but they will make it work somehow. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's true. That's true. But, like, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I don't even know why I wouldn't put in PSG and decide they actually can play football. They've just shown how to basically just make a Frankenstein monster and call it a football team. But, yeah, I mean, to be honest, yeah, I'd probably say Madrid. I can see him as, like, his last club before he probably goes back to Norway to play somewhere there would probably be back at Dortmund as like a last season kind of thing. Cause I'm still sure him being old and with his powers wait like waxing away, he'd still be killing it. So yeah. Good point. All right. <clears throat> well that therefore concludes the discussions.
we can jump on the quiz. Now, as we have an additional participant, CJ, I thought I will, I have obviously questions for you and Maz, and you can uh, quiz Sat with your questions that you're going to ask me, and no, then I, we can I'm happy of the quiz, to be honest. Is it because you're going to lose? Probably, but I'm happy to step out. I just listen and cheerlead. Well, it's up to you. I mean, pretty sure CJ has questions, so he can... I don't have questions. I can find some quickly. No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm okay. good. I'm good. I'm good. You get All right. So, Maz, since you... Actually, no. You, you came late, so you, you get penalized. And it's your first appearance for a month, so I ain't giving you no bonus points here. Nothing. CJ, you're you're going first. So you obviously have true or false. You have who am I and bang on the head. What's your poison? CJ. So let's go with true or false. True or false. Your true or false question is, Cristiano Ronaldo has scored more goals for Portugal than he has for Juventus. True or false? I'm going to go with true. You are correct. He has scored 101 goals for Juve and 118 for Portugal. Maz, sorry, I'm going to write this down. One point for CJ. Maz, what's your category choice? I'll go... It's true or false. Who am I or bang on the head? Bang on the head. All right. Who missed the penalty for Ghana at the 2010 World Cup following Suarez's infamous red card? Oh. I missed that said again. Who missed a penalty for Ghana at the 2010 World Cup following Suarez's infamous red card handball? Um, was it? Oh, question. Is it Apio? No, 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 Guyan. Guyan Azamoa. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Two points. Well done. CJ, what's your what's your take? It's, what is it? Is it bang on the head or who am I, right? Yeah, yeah. so you have two points or three points on offer. All right, let's go with bang on the head. Bang on the head is your two points. Can you tell me who scored the equalizing goal in the 1999 Champions League final? Who scored the equalizing goal in the 1999 final? I don't even remember what teams were in the 1999 final. Uh... Was that Madrid against someone else? Are you allowed to tell me that? Or have I just completely have no help here? I can help you. Because uh, so... I don't even know. If you just tell me the teams, at least. I like. <laughs> as a clue, as a clue, Maz is getting very, very Yeah, now. that's your clue. You don't um, I'll, I'll, Okay, I'll give you the teams. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Solskjaer. No, that was the winner. You passed on to me. I was saying... Then who's it? York? <laughs> no. Anyway, it doesn't matter now. I've, I haven't got it right, but Jericho. yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to answer that. I thought you. I thought you had left. What happened? But I don't get... <laughs> so hang on. Who's so what did, why, did, why didn't I get that question? Wait, there's three questions here. <laughs> Who's asking the question? What did you say, Maz? Because you're a United <laughs> fan, obviously. And then Sat. Said <laughs> <laughs> so who scored the Bayern? That's a tough one. Uh, I think it's. I think I know the answer, but. That is a tough question. You should be able to remember this, man. What the fuck? Was it? I don't know if it's 100% correct, but was it Effenberg? It could be. Um, I hear mouse clicks. Who's mouse clicking? It's bad. It's bad. That's me Googling it. Marcus. Not Marcus. What's his name? Nice. 
Mario Basler, right winger. Mario. At six minutes in, and then Sheringham scored in the 91st, and then Solskjaer in the 90th. That's insane, man. Absolutely insane. Okay, so zero points for CJ. Maz, your two topics are true or false, or who am I? So let's play this nicely. Uh, right, I'll give you this one. I have played for four clubs in the Premier League. Three of those clubs are still in the Premier League, and the other one now plays in League One. The clue number two is, I've won the Premier League, FA Cup, EFL Cup, and Champions League, as well as the Europa League, with the same club. I retired in November 2022. Who am I? So the way this works is, if you want to get a hint... It reduces your points chance from three to two. Yeah, give give me a hint. Oh my god! So the hint, the hint, the hint. This I'm trying to not give it away because it's. He played one of the clubs he played for was Crystal Palace. So the, the hints again were, I've played for four clubs in the Premier League. Three of those are still in the the Premier League. The other one now plays in League One. I've won sorry, yeah, I've won the Premier League, FA Cup, EFL what Cup, did he win? Champions League and Europa with the same club. Yes. Bang on, mate. Well done. Is it Gary Cahill? Yes. <clears throat> Two points for Maz. DJ is yeah. trying to rescue this quiz with three-pointer or you lose. Alright, let's do it. So, yo, who am I is I have played in La Liga, the Premier League, Serie A, and the Bundesliga. I won La Liga in 2018-2019, and also Serie A in 2010-2011. I have played for one nation at under-21 level before switching allegiances and representing a different country at senior level. In that time, I played in two World Cups. Who am I? I've played in all top top um, leagues, so La Liga, Premier League, Syria, and Bundesliga. Then mm-hmm. he has won mm-hmm. La Liga in 2018-2019 and Syria in 2010-2011. And then he played for one nation uh, in under-21 level, but then he switched allegiances to represent a different country at senior level and went on to play in two World Cups. Um, it's a tough one. Is it Diego Costa? No. Did you? And because yeah. no, yeah, no. I mean, I wasn't even sure about that, but I, I have no idea. I'll give you a hint. He, one of the clubs he played for was Spurs, and he has a brother. Nothing. He has no Spurs players. Yeah, I know, but he played at Spurs. That was the hint. Repeat that. Again, sorry. He played for Spurs. No, that isn't the whole thing. I think he's saying. So I've played La Liga, in La Liga, Serie A, yeah, League, and Bundesliga. I won La Liga, Spurs, won La Liga in, in, in 2018-2019. I won Serie A 2010-2011. Who's your wild guess? No. Nope. Santos. You guys didn't even hear the the hint. The hint was he played at Spurs. Played at Spurs, and he has a brother. Doesn't Dos Santos have a brother? No, he doesn't. <laughs> it's a good guess. Yeah. Giovanni Dos Santos. So hold on. 
I can't lie, the play that Spurs has actually made it more confusing for me because I can't think of anyone. Was one stuff at Spurs. And has a brother. Spurs. Who may or may not have played at some of the biggest clubs in Europe as well. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. Do I need to give you another hint for the whole... No, I'm, I, I don't know who it is. I've, I've made my peace with that. I've got no idea. Just, just, just give it a you said which years did he win La Liga? 2018, 2019. 10, 11, La Liga was 2018 to 19. And oh, Hazard. No. No, he wouldn't take the Spurs. No, that's not Hazard. Um, no. And Serie A in 2010 to 11. Yeah. This guy, this guy must be a kid, basically. Must have been a kid in 2010, 2011. Who won that? Was it Inter or was it Juve? Pretty sure it was AC Milan. In yeah. 2011. AC Milan, Spurs. And then La Liga. Oh, oh, wait. Is it Edgar Davids? Hell no. When did Edgar Davids ever have a have a brother? What are you talking about? He won. Did he not play for? He did play for Spurs, and he's never played in Bundesliga. Doesn't say he was in Bundesliga. No, he's not in Bundesliga, is he? You can really just put down misery. And give us a clue. Give us one more clue. Damn man, uh, who is the last clue? Okay, his brother used to play for Manchester City. Still nothing. I think the collective silence <laughs> answers that one for you. All right. Just, just, just put it off. Just put it out of misery. Sat is not going to let it go. I know he's not. He's going to wait now. No, I, I'm not going to get it. And for some reason, freaking Yaya Turek is coming in my head. and it's not. Here. Okay, your last hint is he's he he's African. I played for one nation at under-21 level before switching allegiances and representing a different country at senior level. No. And I have a brother that used to play for Man City. Hazard was never in Bundesliga. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. The, the brother used to play for City. This is easy, man. Jesus. This is insane. All right. Well, I'm going to tell you guys who it is. Are you ready? You're throwing red herrings everywhere. It's not even are, you, are you ready? Go on. Kevin Prince Boateng. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the brother thing was the most <laughs> obvious thing. Like, played for City, switched allegiances. He was African. No, but the, honestly, the brother thing I wouldn't have got. Like, uh, that did not help me at all. Like, it's fine, but yeah. <laughs> Prince Boateng was German, and then he switched to Ghana. Ghana, yeah. But he played for yes. Spurs. Spurs. Yeah, he was at Spurs. And then he won, he won the league with Milan, right? Yeah, he Serie A. And then he played at Barca. Remember, there was that stupid window where they bought like Paulinia from Spurs as well. They got Boateng and they won the league, basically. There you have it. Maz, I think you have one more left, if I'm not mistaken, but you've kind of already won. I think I've won, yeah. As always. Uh, I think you had a true or false, so we'll just do it for, for shits and gigs. Didier Drogba has scored more goals against Arsenal than Wayne Rooney. True or false? False. True? Drogba has scored false. 13 oh. against Arsenal and Rooney has scored 15. Oh, yeah. Because remember, you have to think Everton and United. Yeah, yeah, true. I just thought Drogba had a good record against you guys. He always did. So, no, Drogba did. He did bully Senderos repeatedly. That's what I thought of the best, yeah. the best part of that was that we still played Senderos every time we played Drogba. That was the beauty of it. Honest, honestly, it was smart, yeah, wasn't it? Wenger, peak era that was. 
So as well at the end, man. He'd Ridiculous. So Maz, welcome back, quiz champion. Four points with frequent interruptions from the man in Gibraltar. Thank you very much. Uh, what? Oh, yeah. He's going <laughs> to disappear now for another month. So, Ramadan Mubarak, Mas. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Well, concludes it. Thank you very much for joining today, guys. Really appreciate everyone just jumping in. And hopefully see you next week when the international break decides to fuck off at some point. Can't wait. Thank yeah. you very much. Cool. All right. Vigo's having to operate even more attackingly now. He really hits that one. Oh, that is just sensational from Luis Vigo.